Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to part two of Alexis Davis. Did not really think about the fact that she was going to... We should have thought about the fact that it's 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the write-ups are not as thorough. That's true. As they are. So we left off last week in 2010. So now we are in spring of 2011 and Alexis is hired to be Jax's lawyer when he becomes convinced that Carly is an unfit mother to their daughter, Jocelyn, and decides to fight her for full custody. Though Alexis aids Jax in his attempts to win full custody, she does so reluctantly and repeatedly tries to convince Jax to try to compromise with Carly. I can understand that, like as a mom, right? Thing. Like, and Carly is not a bad mom. I mean, she does some dumb stuff here and there, but there wasn't anything that he really needed to go for custody. It was more about the sunny stuff. In the end, she steps down as his attorney due to conflict of interest. On the day of Car- Jackson Carly's hearing, it is revealed that Jax has been paying off the court-appointed mediator Grace Yang. Further proof right. that he is going to wind up doing the college admission scandal. No, I don't want that. Well, no. Sorry. Maybe they just like put it in there to make you think about it. Like, no, no, bad idea. And then that's not going to happen. Okay. That's why he said it. And she, Jocelyn was like, "Mm -mm, don't do that. See? Okay. That's where I'm sticking with that. Carly is awarded full custody of Jocelyn. And as a result of Sunny's maneuvers, Jack leaves town and later returns, attempting to kidnap Jocelyn for her own safety. But Sunny tampers with Jax's plane, causing it to crash in the ocean. Grief-stricken Alexis decides that she shouldn't have resigned from Jack's case because the danger was real and she later confronts Sonny. It is later discovered that Jax's par- Jax parachuted out of the plane before the crash. I don't think that that means that she was wrong. That was Sonny, not Carly. Right. And, and, and they Jax was doing his own stuff exactly. too. If exactly. he had not been paying off the court. Right. He probably would have. And Jax and Sonny messed with each other back and forth all the time back then. Yeah. So he tried to kidnap Joss. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Mm. And she was not wrong to step down. She was being a good friend then. Oh, and I think that it's important to note that Joss was not on the plane. Right, right, right. Because how that read <laughs> yeah, that's it was true. that he attempted to kidnap, I mean, attempted to kidnap, as we learn with attempted yes. means to try to, but still, he right. also did not succeed. Exactly. Yeah. Carly later approaches Alexis and asks her for help in keeping Sunny away from her children. Alexis is skeptical of Carly's motives and refuses to help her. She gives Carly a verbal lashing. What a shock. Yeah, really. Telling Sorry. her what happened to Jax is just as much her fault as Sunny's because she riled Sunny up and set him on Jax in the first place. In early November, Alexis goes to Sonny and asks him to pull strings and get Christina off the wait list at Yale. No! Mm. See, that was our college tampering. We don't need to do it with but Jocelyn. But it was before it came out and as an issue. So they already did it. They already had it. Okay. That's it. Let's go. We've handled it once. He agrees on the pretense that Alexis will owe him a favor. And to that, she agrees to repay the favor any way she can. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sunny is successful and they throw Christina a party before she goes off to Yale. Before the party, Diane goes to Sunny and quits her job as his attorney so that she can focus on other journalistic endeavors. Now in need of a lawyer, Sunny goes back to Alexis to cash in on that favor and asks her to represent him. At first she refuses, but after some convincing, she agrees to go back to work as Sunny's attorney again. Later in the year, Alexis begins to suffer from what appears to be hot flashes, Diane suggests that maybe Alexis has begun menopause when Alexis thinks it is a disaster. Diane tries to push Mac and Alexis into a relationship together. Again, how many times did we need to try that? But when the relationship doesn't stick, she starts to date Mac herself. In January 2012, Alexis was excited to learn that she was going to be a grandmother when she found out that Sam is pregnant. She later tries to encourage her daughter, Molly, to have more of a social life. She suggests that Molly begin to tutor TJ Ashford, a new kid in town who is staying with Sean Butler. However, TJ arranged a party at a lake house on my face to coincide (laughs) with Alexis, to coincide with when Alexis was going to be away at a charity function and invited everyone from their high school without Molly's knowledge. They turn up with alcohol and Molly accidentally ends up drinking some and passing out. Alexis arrives home furious and grounds Molly, telling her she is not to see TJ anymore. I think we all know how that turned out. After Sunny is accused of shooting out Anthony Zakara's tires and thus causing the death of Cole Thornhart and his daughter Hope, Alexis is called in to be Sunny's lawyer. She's also called in to be Maxie Jones's lawyer, who has confessed to the police that she killed Lisa Niles. Alexis tries desperately to get her to retract her statement and not implicate herself. However, Maxie is set in her way that she wants to go to prison because she feels she is responsible for the presumed death of her cousin, Robin Scorpio. She really is her own worst enemy. Like yes. she punishes herself so much more than anyone else could. Yep. In mid-2012, she and Sam went to the PCPD along with Molly to see where she sees John McBain handcuffed for assaulting Todd Manning. Alexis tells the police to uncuff John so he she can have a discussion with him. Alexis gets a phone call from the security company for Windermere about a break-in. And that's in quotes, a quote security company. This is just a ploy. And she is later given an antitoxin from Jerry to protect her from his upcoming water contamination pathogen scheme. She is later taken willingly as a hostage in Jerry's boat. She is rescued by Sonny and Sean. Are you a hostage if you go willingly? Um, gray area. (laughs) Okay. On November 30th, she goes to Kelly's and overhears Sean and Sonny talking. She hears some talk about business. She tells Sean that she doesn't want Sean to get killed in Sonny's business, and they end up having sex in Sean's room at Kelly's. (laughs) I mean, that's one way to get there. Hey, I don't want you to die. Now we need to hook up. 
In February 2013, she is seen working on the cases of John McBain and Lucy Coe regarding the jailbreak and rescuing Sam Morgan and Danny Morgan from Stephen Clay slash Caleb Morley. That was so Go so back to crazy. our six personalities of Michael Easton and you will understand none of it, but it at least gives you a further in-depth. So crazy. She also helps Rafe Kovich Jr. with the arrest for suspicion of killing his mother, Allison Barrington, and subsequent jailbreaks though Rafe was represented by another lawyer. She also helped Molly be cleared of assisting with the jailbreak of Lucy, John, and Rafe. In March, she is seen helping Sean recover from a gunshot wound. She also visits Nicholas in the hospital, who was also shot. And in April, she and Sean attend the nurse's ball together. I liked them together. I liked them together, too. They were good for each other. Alexis visits Sam, Sam's house, and Sam tells Alexis that Silas has a wife. <laughs> And one day, Rafe comes over to Alexis. Oh, by the way, at this point, Silas is, John McBain's gone, and Silas is Michael Easton back. There you go. Yep. <laughs> and he's the brother of Stephen Clay and Caleb Morley. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Then one day, Rafe comes over to Alexis's house and tells her that Julie, tells her and Julian, who at the time would have been Derek Wells. Right. That Molly and TJ rented a room at the Metro Court. Alexis catches Molly in bed with TJ and tells her to leave. Alexis and Julian go on their first official date. Was he Julian or was he Derek Wells? I thought it was Derek Wells when they first started dating, wasn't it? And he? then she found out that he was... Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll figure... We'll, maybe we'll get there with this. When Alexis invites him... Yeah, because she's like, I know you from somewhere. Like, you have something so familiar about you. Right. When Alexis invites him to be her date to her nephew, Nicholas Cassadine's engagement party to Brit, Brit Westbourne. Huh. And then he winds up sleeping with Brit later on. <laughs> Julian accepts after assuring Alexis that he believes he is the man for her. <sighs> Julian and Alexis attend the event together. After the engagement party ends in disaster, Alexis and Julian head back to her place and make love for the first time since conceiving Sam. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I think that she remembered by that point. At this turning point in their relationship, their relationship deepens. Yeah, see, they, so. missed, they skipped over Danny needing... And granted, that had nothing to do with Alexis, so I appreciate that. But I feel like they should have had the because that helps. Why didn't they talk about that she was, she was the dad? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Their physical relationship increases when Alexis visits Julian at his sister's art gallery, gallery, and the two get caught up in heated kiss. Julian and Alexis go on their second public date. Is there a private date that wow. we go on? <laughs> Maybe that's what the hooking up is. That's a private date. Okay. When they attended the nurse's ball and walked the red carpet together, while at the ball, they share several public kisses. <laughs> Later that night, after leaving the ball, they make love again at her place, and she asks him to stay the night with her instead of sneaking out like he usually does. He spends the night and tells Alexis that he is finally happy and doesn't want to lose what he has with her. Alexis then asks him to leave the mob, but he tells her that someone else is pulling the strings and it's not that simple. Dun, dun, dun. A few days later, Julian invites Alexis and his children to a family dinner at the Jerome Gallery. At the Sam dinner, and Lucas? Yes. But the, I, was the like, two? I was going to say, like, in my mind, I'm like, I thought I was going to say her children and this is his children. And I'm like, wait, there's only two of them. Anyway. Because Leo wasn't around yet. No. Okay. Mm-mm. At the dinner, Julian announces that he has decided to leave the mob and become solely a legitimate businessman. Alexis, Sam, and Lucas are glad to hear the news, but the night is interrupted when a hitman sent by Fluke. Fake Luke. (laughs) 
We should just do a whole thing on fake Oh my Luke. god. Shoots Lucas. Shortly thereafter, Anna Devane arrives and arrests Julian for drug trafficking, and Alexis rushes to represent him. Julian is able to get released by using blackmail information he had on Scott Baldwin. Of course. Of course, right. He later meets Alexis at the hospital and tells her that he may have to return to the organization to protect the people he loves. Alexis tries to dissuade him from this decision and tells him that she loves him. On the orders from Fluke, Julian frames Molly's father, Rick Lansing, and names him as the head of the Jerome crime family. As a result, Anna is forced to fake Rick's death after she learns of his innocence from Agent Jordan Ashford. Yep. This is when she actually did stuff. Yep. This act caused causes a rift in Alexis's relationship with Molly, who believes that Julian set her, her father up. Molly grows to despise Julian and does not hide her feelings. No, she nope. <laughs> She even moves out of her mother's home when Alexis decides to continue her relationship with Julian. After Molly is in a car accident, Alexis and Julian decide to cool their relationship down for her sake, and Molly agrees to go home with Alexis. Alexis and Julian start to sneak around to see one another, because that's what you should do as adults. Julian tries once again to leave the business, which angers Fluke. He orders Mickey Diamond to plant a bomb in Alexis's house. Luckily, no one was in the house when the bomb exploded and burned the house down. But Julian kills Mickey for even attempting the hit on his family. The house fire also clued Alexis into the fact that Julian is still in the business. Yeah, thank she, do you think? <laughs> she confronts him about killing Mickey and still being in the mob, and he admits to it all. They fight and make love, but then Alexis says she can't be with him as long as he's in the mob, and she leaves him amidst his protests. In the following weeks, Julian tries to win Alexis back. He calls and sends her several texts, but she tells him she can't be with him as long as he's in the mob. <laughs> and then he rebuilt her house, though. Yep. That was the nice thing. I don't know if it's going to tell you that in a minute, but that was sweet. Thank you for rebuilding my house after you got it blown up. Yeah. That was the nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. Alexis tries to get over Julian by dating Ned Quartermain, but their date is interrupted by Julian, who who goes to ask Alexis about the whereabouts of his sister. Alexis later becomes aware that Sam and Patrick are investigating a potential connection between Julian and Fluke. Alexis volunteers to get information out of Julian. She tries to seduce him for information, but Julian catches on to her game, forcing Alexis to come clean about Sam and Patrick's investigation. Julian denies that Luke Spencer is his boss, and the conversation quickly turns to Julian and Alexis's relationship. They share a passionate moment, which Julian stops because he does not want to leave Alexis again after they are intimate. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis promises Julian she won't walk away from him again, and the two reunite and make love. But they break up again just a few days later when Alexis learns Julian lied to her about meeting Luke. Christina has since returned, and Julian and Alexis are engaged. They missed a lot there, but okay. We also did not. There's a lot of back and forth. I mean, yes. I don't know how you actually would say that any better. They broke up and got back together and broke up and got back right. together a thousand times. And then they ended up engaged. Accurate. Yep. In January, Alexis tells Olivia that her and Julian are getting married. When Olivia drops off a family Christmas photo of Leo, Julian, and her, Olivia gets upset with this information because she is the mother of Julian's son and would like to know that Alexis was going to be her son's stepmother. Later on in the month, when Olivia gets arrested by the mayor for breastfeeding, for the breastfeeding incident, which she mentioned the yep. other day when she was talking to Alexis, yep. Alexis decides to represent her in her case against the mayor by suing the city. Loved that. That was really good. Yeah. Really good. A couple days later, Alexis and Olivia talk about the case. However, Olivia is not sure how she feels about it. 
Weeks later, Alexis meets Christina's professor, Parker Forsyth, when she shows up unexpectedly at her and Julian's house. In late January, Alexis has learned to shock that Sam almost died in Elizabeth's house and Jason saved her seconds before the house exploded. So many bombs. Later on, she gets another shock when she finds out that Christina is not going back to Wesleyan. On February 19th, Alexis and her daughters get ready for her wedding to Julian and Diane stops by as well. While they are getting ready, Alexis finds out that Molly and TJ slept together for the first time. Because we haven't already found them in bed like how many times together, but okay. After some crying from Alexis, they hug it out and Molly tries to get Christina to tell the truth about Parker to no success. Later on, Alexis and Julian finally get married. However, right after the ceremony is completed, Dixon comes into the church with a gun and holds everyone hostage. Okay, and they're not going to go into this, but the truth about Parker is that was Christina's girlfriend or ex-girlfriend, and they don't cover Alexis finding out. Right. And that's important. Right, because that's when Christina came out to everybody. Yeah. Okay. Later on, Dixon threatens to shoot Alexis since she got out of her seat because he was threatening her daughters. That's what you do. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Yeah, a mother's I'm like, not going to sit still when you're threatening to shoot her daughter. No. Julian stops him from shooting Alexis by offering him $5 million. A few minutes later, Alexis freaks out again when Dixon tries to take Molly hostage and Christina stops him by saying she's Sonny's kid. Gotta know when to use that. Yep. Yep. Dixon tries to take Christina, but gets stopped by Sonny and the cops show up right after that. After the ordeal, Alexis is happy that all of her daughters were saved. After everyone had left the church, Alexis tells Julian that she does not blame him for what happened. (laughs) And she is grateful that all of her children are okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) There's there's a little bit there. Yeah. But she should be. You should be a little upset with him. Just a little. Just, yeah. <laughs> Months later, Julian gets back into the mob and ends up killing Carlos in order to keep him and his family safe. He also tried to kill Alexis after finding out that she was wearing a wire for the cops. That's she was the whole... not good at that. No. Like, well, she was obvious. Like, white, too. What that I don't remember. I think but it she was, was like, didn't they, like, do the whole tear open shirt? Yeah. Hmm. I think they did. He tore a lot of her shirts, though, so that's it's true. Kind of tough, but I mean, <laughs> I do remember she was not right. She was she was not cool and collected, and like just no. She's like, so, so tell me about Carlos. Exactly. Here's my boobs. Right. Exactly. No, her body language was all off. After that, Alexis files for divorce and gets a restraining order against Julian. She also finds out that Sam and Jason are engaged, and rightfully assumes that Sam is pregnant. To which Alexis is thrilled. She also she is also present at Sam and Jason's wedding. Why would I hope so? I mean, I know that's not her track record, but I would hope so. On September nineteenth, Alexis wants to test was going to testify against Julian at his trial, but Paul Hornsby drugged her to tank her credibility and trial to get Julian acquitted. Eventually, Julian was found not guilty on all the charges and was acquitted. And the thing was to make her appear drunk, right? Not just drugged it was exactly she had already started to have issues with alcohol yes which here we go yeah (laughs) alexis began having a problem with alcohol which got worse over the next few months on november 23rd she was behind the wheel and accidentally hit julian with her car she became an emotional wreck and fled the scene on december 6th julian blackmailed her into taking care of him and helping him recover in exchange for his silence about her hitting him with the car Do you really want the person who hit you to be the one that took care of you? I mean, their relationship was that kind of crazy. Yeah. In early 2017, Alexis became a suspect in Tom Baker's murder, but it was eventually revealed that Tom's own brother, Seth, had killed him. On January 24th, Sam found out. (laughs) 
And Tom Baker was Liz's rapist. Yes. That was so good. That, that was helped. so good. That was so good. I don't want to do it, but we should do an episode yeah, about the rapes. Okay. It would be such a good episode. It though. would be. Like it would be such a good. Yes. They did really well. With we that. would only do Laura and Liz. Okay. Not whatever happened with Stavros because yes. that's whatever. Right. But those two, like how they, well, okay. And that's a quick correction to what we talked about with Stavros because when I was listening back and we said that like Luke, we, we said something about like that rapists don't think that they're raping them at the time. Luke did come to the realization that he raped her. Yes. Like, and it was a whole thing. Right. You know, so they definitely readdressed it and right. made it that it was not okay. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought it was beautifully done. So we'll do that another time. Okay. Not in the middle of Alexis. No. <laughs> On January 24th, Sam found out that Julian was living with Alexis and that he was blackmailing her. Alexis began seeing an AA sponsor named Liv Lowry to help her stay sober. Unbeknownst unbeknownst to her, Liv was actually Julian's not-so-dead sister, Olivia Jerome, and that she is Julian's boss. Jason and his friend, Curtis Ashford, were working together to figure out who Julian's boss was and learned that it was Olivia Jerome, a.k.a. Liv Lowry. Alexis was horrified when Jason broke the news to her, and even more so when she learned that Sam was missing. Alexis was angry with Julian for keeping the news from her, and she disowned him while he was in the hospital. Later on, Olivia kidnapped Alexis and lured Julian to the footbridge. Olivia handed Julian a gun and ordered him ordered him to kill her, but Julian shot her cuff off and told her to run instead leading Julian and Olivia to get into a struggle. And she shot him before he fell off the bridge to his presumed death. Oh, isn't and then that he sad? died. That's actually how yeah. he died. Aww. He liked to fall off bridges. On March 17th, Alexis read the letter that Julian wrote her and learned that Olivia showed up in the spring of 2016 and was seeking revenge on him since Duke Lavery's death was on his hands. She also learned that Olivia ordered him to kill Alexis back in July or she would have killed his family. And his plan was to let her go and make it look like he drowned. He said he'll always regret what happened that night and that she deserves a better life. Over the next few weeks, Alexis began to fear she was being haunted. On April 14th, Julian was revealed to be alive. And although Alexis was not showing it, she was relieved that Julian wasn't dead. Alexis went with Julian to his motel room. And although she was still in love with him, she turned down his offer of them starting over someplace new and said that this was goodbye. Eventually, Jason and Sam showed up with the police and Julian spun the story and said that she was his hostage before he was arrested. In June, Alexis found out that Julian was released on bail. When she saw Julian, she introduced him to their granddaughter, Scout. That was mm, also. (laughs) On July 27th, Sam was brought in the hospital where she was diagnosed with toxoplasmosis and Alexis was there to support her. On August 7th, while Sam was not 100% better, she was on the road to recovery. On August 10th, Julian's trial began. Alexis showed up and testified about the time that she met Olivia Jerome and honestly answered D.A. Campbell's questions about her time with Olivia and even answered the fact that Julian did not tell her about Olivia and was forced to stay under oath, was forced to say under oath, was forced under oath to say that if Julian had told the truth, then the events that occurred on the bridge on the night of March 13th might not have happened. Alexis also testified that Olivia had kidnapped her and handcuffed her to the footbridge and ordered Julian to kill her. But Julian blew off her cuffs and told her to run. Okay. See, that makes more sense. When it just said off her cuff, I was very confused. Right. On August 23rd, Winston Rudge was called as a witness and lied about Julian being a willing accomplice when he was blackmailed. 
Eventually, Julian was found guilty on all charges and was sentenced to 15 to 20 years in Pentonville. And before Julian was carted off to prison, he shared an emotional goodbye with her. Mm. Alexis began seeing Dr. David Bench as friends and appeared to be moving on from Julian. Alexis supported Sam as Jason was in a coma due to being shot in the chest. Eventually, Jason woke up and he and Sam started a media company and named it Aurora Media and had a launch party on the night of October. One night in October. Sorry, I thought I was going to give the date. <clears throat> One night in October. After Sam was eventually kidnapped, a man known as Patient Six jumped through the skylight at the Metro Court and he eventually rescued Sam on Pier 55. It should have been 54. Mm -hmm. To everyone's surprise, during the hostage situation, they saw that he looked exactly like Jason <gasps> used to look before his accident in 2014. Sam was taken to the hospital where they monitored her overnight. The next day, Alexis visited Sam, who told her about the mystery man with Jason's old face. And Alexis asked her, what if it turned out the mystery man was actually Jason? Hmm. On November 6th, Scott told Alexis that Julian was in trouble, so she went to visit him and saw that he was beaten up by other inmates. That was really sad to watch that, that he kept getting beat up. Yes. On November 13th, Alexis went to see Nora Buchanan in hopes to have her get Olivia Jerome to testify that she coerced Julian into committing those crimes. Eventually, Nora was seen on the news reading off Olivia's testimony that she forced Julian to commit those crimes. On November 27th, Julian surprised Alexis at the floating rib and they had a civil conversation. Julian revealed that he was out on bond and he was and he has to wear an ankle monitor until his second trial. Alexis filled Julian in on the two Jason Morgans and said they were identical twins because they were both a match for Jason Morgan. On December 4th, Alexis found patient six on the pier after it was proven that he was Jason and that Jason that was in Port Charles since 2014 was actually his twin, Andrew Kane. Whew. Alexis truthfully said that she was relieved to know that Sam was with his brother, Drew. Alexis asked Jason to let Sam go and to not make her give up her new life with Drew. I remember that. Mm -hmm. On December 6th, Alexis showed up at the PCPD after Drew had been arrested by the Navy for desertion and was doing everything she could to stop him from court-martialing him, stop them from court-martialing him. She even said that while the arrest warrant was for Chief Andrew Kane, she pointed out that her son-in-law's legal name was Jason Morgan. Oh, come on. Yeah. Because you can't change your name. Commander Fuller said that the prints for Chief Andrew Kane matched those of Jason Morgan, but Alexis managed to temporarily stop the commander from taking Drew into custody. Yeah, I don't like that they keep saying Andrew. Sam called Jason to the PCPD and asked him to help Drew. Jason explained to the commander that a few weeks ago, he found out that Andrew was his identical twin. Except. <laughs> okay. Plus, the reason Drew had went AWOL in 2012 was because he was kidnapped by Cesar Faison, who had shot Jason in the back three months after Drew's disappearance. Jason said that he had every reason to believe that Faison took Drew and then took him and Dr. Andre Maddox and had Dr. Andre Maddox transfer his memories to Drew, which is why Drew never returned to the Navy since he doesn't remember his own past. He remembers Jason's. <laughs> but here's my question then. Why wasn't Drew a doctor? Right. No, because Jason didn't remember those memories. Wouldn't that have been something if they had taken oh, out Jason's... Really hidden memories that he couldn't and made drew a doctor yeah that would have been something that would have been something but drew didn't act like a hitman either when he first came back yeah he did he was kind of like dante-ish yeah he was like dante-ish yeah he wasn't jason -ish. no 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 so they could have given him some doctor memories who knows or had yeah his testimony eventually led to them releasing drew 
that whole storyline is insane. It's hard to read. My eyes hurt. My brain hurts. <laughs> On December 15th, Alexis visited Drew and mentioned that since he is Andrew Kane and not Jason Morgan, he is technically not married to Sam, and everything he put his name on when he thought he was Jason is invalid. Alexis promised to help him re-sign everything with his own name instead of Jason's and believed that Drew was good for Sam. Alexis eventually learned that the charges against Julian were dropped and that he is now the new owner of Charlie's Pub. Despite him wanting to stay away from her, she frequently went to Charlie's. What year was that? That was 2017. Yeah. Not Charlie's that long? Yeah. Wow, that still feels We had new. Julian a lot longer than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. In January 2018, although Laura Collins was running against Ned for mayor, she had suddenly dropped out of the race to go to France to take care of Sp Spencer, who had just broken both of his legs. So Alexis stepped in her place and was running against Ned. After a political ad attacked her campaign, it was eventually announced that Ned won the election. I forgot that she ran against him. Mm -hmm. Alexis began a friendship with Dr. Hamilton Finn and even stepped up as his lawyer when Finn's half-brother, Detective Harrison Chase, arrested him for punching Julian in the face <laughs> since Julian touched his bearded dragon, Roxy. <laughs> Can we bring back the fact that Finn has this they mentioned her very real condition, but it's a very, very yeah. real condition that has been extremely disrespected. Yeah. Alexis convinced Julian to drop the charges against Finn and Chase released him. At the 2018 Nurses Ball, Alexis overheard Finn say that he still cares about Anna and she ran off. She knew that Finn was not over Anna, but was still pretty upset over the whole thing. Okay, you can get over that, Alexis, because you weren't really meant to be with him. Alexis began seeing Kevin as her therapist and needed his help on understanding why she always chose men who were selfish, manipulative, incapable of intimacy, and were a bit psychotic. I need to go see Kevin. She began to realize that it all began with her father, Mikos Kassadine. On May 30th, Valentine, Valentine hired Alexis as an attorney and asked for her help moving a bulk of his assets to a trust for his da daughter, Charlotte, and he promised to give her information on the history of the Kassadine family. On John... On John. <laughs> on June 5th, Alexis told Sam about looking into her history and why she kept choosing men who were bad for her. Sam was shocked when she saw that Valentine was giving Alexis information on the Cassadine history and threatened to come after Valentine if he did anything to hurt Alexis. Here's the thing. He never has. No, he was trying to help her. Always has. She eventually changed her mind and said she didn't want Valentine's help with looking into the history of Mikos Kassadine. He said if she ever changed her mind, she knows where to find him. The next day, Kiki Jerome hired Alexis to represent her in suing Dr. David Bench since he was sexually harassing her. Alexis agreed to represent her, and for weeks they were coming up with a strategy to make sure they win. On June 20th, Dr. Bench tried to hire Alexis to represent him, but Alexis said that she was already representing Kiki. Duh. Like the whole world didn't know but that. I loved how she told him. Yeah. Because he really thought she was going to. And right. she was like, are you kidding me? I'm representing her. Exactly. You're a jerk. No one's going to help you. On July 25th, in an attempt to help Kiki have courage in her upcoming trial to sue Dr. Bench, Alexis, Ava, Jordan, Olivia, and Kim all revealed that they were sexually harassed and shared their stories on what happened. Eventually, Kiki was determined as ever to make sure Dr. Bench paid for what he did. That, that just was gave me so chills. Good. Yep. It was so good. Yep. Eventually, Alexis went to the hospital and revealed to Brad Cooper that the baby he and Lucas are planning to adopt was born the night before, and the baby was brought up to Brad, who named him Wiley Cooper Jones, and took him home. Mm -hmm. 
On August 9th, the trial began. Francesca Cavallo, another Cavallo, another victim of Dr. Bench, revealed her story on how he harassed her until she slept with him, and afterwards the harassment stopped. The trial seemed to be going in Kiki's favor so far until Scott Baldwin pressured Griffin Monroe to reveal that he and Kiki slept together. Ava was furious with both Kiki and Griffin, but Alexis salvaged their case by saying it was consensual by two consenting adults, and eventually the judge ruled in the favor of Kiki. And that's the important thing to remember, is that even though Griffin was also a doctor, he wasn't also her superior. Like, no. He wasn't her And it was 100% mentor. consensual on both sides. Yeah. He was not harassing her. But he was, I mean, yeah, he was above her in rank. But he wasn't her direct supervisor. No. They just worked in the same hospital. Yep. On August 17th, at Wiley's naming ceremony, Alexis broke the news to Brad and Lucas that the birth mom changed her mind and wants her son back. And Brad panicked on the inside since, unbeknownst to anyone, the real Wiley died of SIDS 24 hours after he was born. And Brad switched them with Michael's son, Jonah Corinthos. However, the birth mom decided to leave the baby with Brad and Lucas when Julian talked to her about it. Did and you just talk to her about it? I feel like there's a little bit of coercion there, but. But that's also something else that they did not do a lot of service to. They had a great opportunity to bring a lot of awareness to SIDS because it happens way more than you think. And right. it's not the parent's fault. Nope. In October, Oscar Nero hired Alexis as his attorney in hopes of emancipation from his parents because he wanted to be in control of his life and didn't want to be forced into undergoing a clinical trial to shrink his inoperable brain tumor since the treatment might not even work. Alexis took him on as a client, but had an ulterior motive as to get him to change his mind. By Thanksgiving, he decided to undergo the tri trial and fired Alexis, and she was happy that he did. That was so good. That was. was so good. In early 2019, Alexis decided to go back to therapy and see Kevin again, who was actually his long-presumed dead twin brother, Ryan Chamberlain, at the time. Ryan, as Kevin, referred her to Dr. Neil Bryan? Burn. Burn. Oh, I know that. Why am, what's wrong with me? I don't know. I'm sorry. Referred her to Dr. Neil Byrne and she unknowingly met him at Charlie's pub after she made a derogatory statement that was meant for Julian. Alexis and Neil had a nice chat and he invited her to dinner before leaving the pub. When Alexis goes to Neil's office, she was surprised to see that he was the same man she talked to at Charlie's earlier. Regardless, she began to see him regularly anyways. On April 8th, Alexis and Neil, Alexis talked to Neil about her daughter, Christina, being in a cult called Dawn of Day, which was led by a name, a man named Hank Archer, who also went by Shiloh. Neil said that it was a bad idea to force her out because the more she pushes her, the deeper in the cult Christina would go. Neil said that the best way to handle this kind of situation is to plant seeds of doubt in her head, which would get her to see the Dawn of Day in another light. Neil began working with Christina and her family in a strategy called exit therapy. Although the first session went sideways, eventually Christina realized that what everyone was saying was true. And after hear hearing Willow Tate's story, she was disgusted and horrified that Shiloh did what he did to members of his trust. In June, Alexis and Diane learned that Neil had a wife and daughter. On July 3rd, Alexis slipped up and revealed to Neil that she had found out about his daughter's death. Neil grew angry with Alexis and decided not to treat her anymore and asked her to leave. Christina had a session with Neil who let Alexis sit in. Christina revealed that she had lied in her pledge and claimed that she saw Alexis hit Kiefer with her car on purpose when she knew it was an accident and Alexis was not mad at Christina at all. After the session, Alexis apologized to Neil and said that she had come to see Neil as a friend and that she needed a good therapist. Neil took pity on her and invited her back to a session 
On July 31st, Alexis and Neil were trapped in an elevator together when he opened it, when he opened up about his daughter's death. She was in a different cult about drugs and eventually took her own life. He also revealed that every year on July 31st, he would go down and sing Hush Little Baby on the karaoke. The next day, Neil came to see Alexis and he said he couldn't treat her anymore. Alexis was dumbfounded and said that she respected their boundaries, but he acknowledged that she did, but he did not. Neil said that since they can't see each other the same way anymore, since she would be wondering how to help him when his job is to treat her, their doctor-patient relationship wouldn't work anymore. This is crazy to read. (laughs) Alexis said if they could go, if they could get to know each other better after they acknowledged that they care about each other, eventually Neil and Alexis began to date. On August 26th, Alexis began working out with a fitness trainer named Kendra Lennon, who praised her for her hard work. Unbeknownst to Alexis, Kendra was out to get her and was stalking her by looking at articles about her hit and run, which killed Kiefer. On September 30th, Kendra gave Alexis a jar containing a protein powder supplement and said that it only had organic ingredients in it, and Alexis thanked her. The next time they met, Kendra promised Alexis a refill for their next meeting, but Kendra had poisoned the next jar with an unknown substance. On October 28th, Alexis drank the tainted protein drink and began to start feeling sick when she got home. She passed out on the couch and was found by Molly, who took her to the hospital. Alexis developed rashes on her hands, and eventually some of her hair began falling out. On November 15th, it was revealed that Alexis had been poisoned with thallium, which is used in a rat poison. Finn told Alexis that to cure thallium was blue paint, and she began to take it as her medication. As Alexis was on the road to recovery, she told Neil about her ingesting rat poison, and after Neil talked to Julian about it, he said that he found a who said that he found dead rats in the alley behind Charlie's. Neil began to suspect that Kendra was poisoning Alexis. On November 25th, Neil shared this theory with Alexis, who was shocked that Kendra was to blame. After checking out of the hospital, she followed Kendra to the cemetery and was shocked to learn that she was Kiefer's sister. (gasps) Kendra snuck up behind Alexis and knocked her out with a rock. When she woke up, she learned that she had temporarily been paralyzed due to Kendra injecting her with a temporary paralytic drug. Kendra rallied at her, no, Kendra railed at her for killing Kiefer and for destroying her family since she believed Alexis did it on purpose because that was the Mm -hmm. whole paper thing. Like they did need to give a little bit of that. She had seen the Donna Day thing that uh, that Christina had said. She moved Alexis onto the road and planned to run her down with her car, which is ironically how Kiefer died. But before she could do so, another car crashed into hers. Alexis regained her movement and made her way up to Kendra's window before saying to let her call someone, but Kendra said it was too late and taunted her before dying. Neil and Julian both showed up to the crash site before taking Alexis back to the hospital. On December 27th, Alexis was happy to see that Sam was finally released from Pentonville on parole and thanked Jason for making it happen. That doesn't seem like that was that long ago either. Mm -mm. In January 2020, Alexis and Sam learned that Carl... Learn from Carly that Nicholas is alive and well, and he is in Port Charles. Eventually, Alexis went to Windermere and shared a happy reunion with Nicholas, but then scolded him for being away for three years and leaving everyone to grieve. She was also shocked to learn that Nicholas married Ava the night before. (laughs) On January 13th, Alexis got a visit from Neil, who told her that he was losing his medical license because he did not want to wait two years before dating her. Neil was wanting to make the same mistake over and over so he could be with Alexis, but she didn't want him to regret losing his medical license later on. Eventually, Neil and Alexis parted ways and said goodbye for the time being since he decided to throw himself at the mercy of the board members. As of May 20, 
As of May 6, 2020, Alexis's license to practice law was revoked after she was caught lying under oath at a medical board hearing. So it only happened twice. Why did I think that she lost her license more than that? She decided that it was she decided it was best that her and Neil to avoid each other until they couldn't. They decided that they were going to be together and ended up sleeping together. Neil died that same night due to a drug overdose. Alexis found the needle under her bed. The situation has caused Alexis to think about breaking her sobriety yet again, but she was able to stop herself. She has also been suffering a wrist injury that has gotten so bad that she can't carry things anymore. And that's all that they have written for. So what what are we missing in 2020? We're missing that she did, in fact, go back to the bottle. Mm -hmm. The wrist injury was because she has osteoporosis. Yep. And which they talked about for like five minutes and then they don't talk right, about it anymore. Exactly. Like we need to know what kind of medical, is she going to get medical care? Like, right. how does that play into it? And they also never, well, so Neil unfortunately died right as the pan, like all of the pandemic episodes. Yes. So like they never really fell, followed through with that either. Right. But that was how we got Cyrus or it was alluded to. That was why right. Cyrus, Cyrus was around is because he was giving the drugs out to everyone. Right. But the needle, like that didn't make sense. No. And then, oh my gosh, what has happened in the past year with Alexis? She was slept with Ned after she got drunk with Ned. Right. I think it's it's been her drinking. Yeah. Been battling her drinking. Her and Sam, like Sam wouldn't let her around the kids. Yep. And then they were reconciling that and she admitted to them about her drinking. It was all her drinking this year. I think so. I would, I would definitely agree with that. But yeah, so that's pretty much, I would say that's only 24 and a half years of Alexis because- <laughs> half of the year wasn't written and we did not watch all of YouTube to recap just what we've done in the past year. So no, but I think they did a good job of that with the 25 year oh. episode the other day. Yeah. You got the main points of everything. Yeah. And even reading this, I mean, totally forgot about Sean. Yeah. You know, mm. it was, it was just really good. So very excited to see what Alexis is going to do now that she's in jail. I, I hope, think. yeah, I hope they make that an active storyline. It's yeah. not like Brad that they sent to jail and then you never well, see and him. And let's get somewhere else. Right. Like to be visiting, you know, because there is a whole jail population. You know, I'm sure that there's a lot that they could do with that right. storyline. I, I really hope they do, especially now that Molly is getting yep. her degree. The yep. two of them could work together, one on the inside, one on the outside. Yep. That would be great. That'd be cool. But yeah. Um, and then basically we just, asked on social media what your favorite moments were with Alexis. Almost everyone was Julian, 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 Julian. Couple said, Dobson, how has she been on the show for 25 years? Right? It does not feel like 25 years. I'm glad I'm not the right. only person that is 100% in that space because I do not think that it feels like 25 years at all. Did you see that article that I had sent you? I did, yes. Um, I liked, so SoPub dot com did a fan pick your favorite moments or whatever. And I liked that it said that 82% of the people were all about Alexa's friendship with Diane. Yes. Because that's what we talk about all day, yes. every day. It's her healthiest relationship and most successful one so far. Yes, exactly. Love it. So, and they did seem to hate all the stuff that we hated too. I'm not going to read the whole article, but I liked that that was like number one. Yep. Boom. Love that friendship. But yeah. So that's a little bit of Lexus. <laughs> you just want to sing that song. A little bit of Lexus. Oh, man. I should have written one for her. You should have. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't have time to put together a parody. <laughs> okay. Anyway, join us on Monday as we recap this week's shows. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet with the peer. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to peer54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. 
And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Pure 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect. So if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.